Welcome to Mac and Blue, where we introduce you to who is building Arizona, bringing you the people and businesses that shape the landscape around us. From economic development and developers, underwriters and lenders, architects and engineers, to the very builders and suppliers that bring it all together. Now let's join our hosts, Robert Johnson and JJ Levensky, aka Mac and Blue. Broadcasting live today from the Mac 6 studio. Daryl, what's happening? Hi, how's it going? <laughs> good, good. Daryl, our producer. I'm Robert Johnson. He's JJ Levinsky. You doing okay today? I'm in the flesh, back with the blue suit. But for those of you that can't see it, Robert one up me. And uh, Liza Minnelli would be jealous. It's it's there's that much bling on that jacket. I'm proud of a you. Liza Minnelli jacket yeah. reference. Okay. Or El- how about Elton John? Let's go there. That, oh, at least they have the gender correct. Okay. Yeah, um, on that note. Yeah. On that note, we are thrilled today to have with us from the city of Glendale, Jesse Peterson, who is the assistant director of economic development. Welcome. Thank Thank, you. uh, And uh, they've had a little traffic that they had to deal with, but we're glad they're here. Welcome very much. And Mayor Jerry Wires. Afternoon. Man, it's an honor. I was actually thinking more Liberace is on your jacket. Mm. I like that one, too. (laughs) (laughs) I guarantee he's not that talented, Jerry. Trust me. I don't know. We're going to play a little piano for you when it's over. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Forget it. Stop. Stop. We're about to get ourselves in trouble. (laughs) Um, and it, it's for children. <laughs> yes, exactly. It is really good. We've really been excited about having you yes. here. We'll start with you, Jesse, sure. if you don't mind, Mayor. Tell us a little bit about what you do. You, you've been with the city for quite some time. I have. Yeah. Thank you. And it's an honor to be here as well. We're uh, we're super excited. Um, I, I usually get accused of wearing sunglasses indoors, and I almost did because of that jacket. Um, but since we're on camera... If I have to grab them in the middle of this, I will if it gets too distracting. Um, So I have. I've been with the city for almost 15 years. I I joined uh, the city of Glendale as a Minnesotan. I had come down to Arizona from... You must have been 15 when you started. I'll take that. Yeah, I'll take that all day long. Um, Duluth, Minnesota. And I came to Arizona because I didn't know anyone here. And that that was a start. And it was warm. It was really the only two requirements I had. And, And Arizona fit the bill. And I found actually downtown Glendale over the course of time that I was here. I, I went to ASU, so I'm a graduate of ASU. I found downtown Glendale, and it, it spoke to me from a Midwestern-type downtown. So for anybody that's not familiar with downtown Glendale, it is, it's built with, you know, walkable blocks, and it feels very Midwestern. And, and so despite my desire to leave my home, we all kind of, you know, feel a little connected to our hometowns. And I decided that was going to be the community I was going to serve. Wow. Regardless of how I was going to serve it. And so I've done all kinds of things at the city since then that have, no matter what, brought me back to serving a community. And you've been with the the mayor for a while in various roles. Yes. So I I leave him. I I join him. I leave him. So I've left him again years ago. But here we are. (laughs) The annulment type four. (laughs) Over and over again. That's incredible. Mayor, you now I, what I could not find, and I apologize. You've been in politics for a long time. You were a, and or are you still a small businessman? 
Well, I'm not small. Okay. But, <laughs> I'm, but I'm not in business any longer either. Okay, oh, gotcha. I, uh, I guess to answer your question, probably where it would make most sense uh, to your listeners, I got into politics, uh, quite honestly, because I hate politicians. And, and that might, Couldn't surprise, be a better reason, might okay. surprise a lot of people, but uh, I do not like uh, somebody that will tell you exactly what they think that they want, that you want to hear, and, and five minutes later tell somebody else exactly the opposite. That's not me. That's not what I'm like. Uh, I've owned multiple businesses in, uh, in the last couple businesses I had here in Arizona. One was a trailer manufacturing retail business uh, we had for more than two decades. Did very, very, very well with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, in West Phoenix, uh, but I was regulated by uh, not only the federal government because I manufactured, I had a, a, a manufacturing license. Mm-hmm. We actually assigned VIN numbers, Sure. but I also had the county I had to deal with as far as uh, the environment. We're producing things, metals, and, mm-hmm. and so we had to deal with the dust and the smoke and all that. And then, of course, the city of Phoenix, and then, of course, the state of Arizona. And it seemed like every time I'd turn around, I would have another government agency telling me what I could or couldn't do or what I was going to have to do. And and so many times it didn't make any sense to me whatsoever other than here's another hoop, another barricade, another hurdle right. that I'm going to have to jump over through or, or go around in order to do what I can do very well so long as government leaves me alone. That I, I, I mean— No, it's awesome. I I mean, for a just the 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 layperson, the it's what we all want to hear out of a politician. And I'm doing air quotes, folks. I I think that's fantastic, and I I get that from you. You are that kind of a person instantly, which is very, very, very good. And I say that as a compliment. Yeah, yeah, not not as a. And, and, and if I could, uh, sure. you know, to be clear, the one thing that, that uh, absolutely is the most offensive thing in the world is for somebody to call me a politician. Uh, to me, I, 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 I look at that as no different than calling me a snake oil salesman. I do try each and every day, honestly, honestly, to, to try to be a statesman, to try to do the right thing for the right reason. Perfect. I, I, each of us, and yeah. that should be what we all try to do. I would agree, Jason. So on that on that note, Jerry, then how long have you been serving Glendale? Uh, I've been mayor now for a little over nine years, nine years, four months approximately. Uh, but I served eight years in the Arizona House of Representatives before that. And if anybody knows anything about state and local government, the pay is horrible. It truly is horrible. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's, it's nothing that, that you can actually live off of, uh, nor should you want to. Uh, I've been successful enough in in, in my uh, uh, past endeavors uh, that my wife and I have made some very good decisions. We we don't live like kings, but but we don't live bad either. Right. Uh, I I uh, I got bit by this uh, by this bug about uh, servant leadership. I like making a difference in people's lives. In fact, the city of Glendale adopted that very motto that we uh, we try to improve the lives of the people that we serve each and every day. And uh, and since we've started doing that. Uh, the city has certainly changed. It's changed a lot. So then, without patronizing either one of you, then, do you feel that that's transcended in the rest of your, almost the entire staff, if you will? I, I have no doubt, personally. And Jesse, you know, now, being that she is staff, bureaucrat, she can uh, she can <laughs> certainly that. give you a different <laughs> different opinion, possibly. Uh, but, uh, I, you know, the, the things that I noticed when I became mayor is, is that the employees weren't happy. Uh, you know, I, I, I use this example frequently that 
it was a, a, a lot like watching the Wizard of Oz show where the guards were walking across the, the castle wall. Mm-hmm. And it's that, oh, oh. You know, mm-hmm. everybody can identify with that. That's sort of the way it was when I first came in as mayor. Uh, the staff was not happy. They weren't smiling. Their heads were down. And it was almost, uh, it, it. I had the impression that they were there because they had to be there, not because they wanted to be there. Right. And at that time, we had a 35% annual turnover in our staff. It was horrible. One uh, in three. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So in three years' time, it's a, a 100% changeover. Today, uh, we're not experiencing that at all. And again, you know, I wish Jesse would talk about staff's perspective. They they sometimes keep that from me, <laughs> but I can also tell when I walk down the hallways, I don't hear that OEO anymore. Right. Yeah. You know, right. of course, I'm not hearing uh, Cinderella either. But yeah, people, people, <laughs> we only people. we only play Cinderella when you're not in the building. So <laughs> uh, no, you're absolutely right, sir. It is uh, for staff and having been with the city now through. For that many years, I was there obviously before he took office and getting to feel that I started with the city when we hit the recession and mm-hmm. when they started furloughing staff. That was mm-hmm. my first paycheck was hit with a, you know, a five to 10 percent decrease. I was just happy to be there. Right. Um, but that's a personality you know, mm-hmm. trait of mine. And so really moving through that. And and when he came into office and that was when we joined each other at that time to work together and having to explain why does staff feel this way and why do we look this way? And, you know, things had been great in the city of Glendale prior and that recession really hit everyone. And so for us as staff, it was, we had, we didn't have leadership. We didn't have, I mean, leadership changed frequently at the city of Glendale and there was a lot going on from a mismanagement relative to responding to the, the climate and, we feel it as staff. It immediately hits you as staff. And so we can definitely say with our policymakers, so the mayor, the council, and our city manager at this stage, as staff, we feel empowered. We feel happy to work at the city. We feel like we have the ability to work together. This isn't, you wouldn't always see, you know, a staff member sitting with a mayor doing this. And right. that's and that's something that really resonates as how we as a city operate yeah, culturally. And, you're, and you're, you're to be commended for that. I mean, that really is the that's when I talked about it earlier. That really is the feel that I get from you. The instant when you see photos, you in social media, whatever, you get that feel of just real people. I, I'm a longtime Glendale resident. I have been a West Side guy forever. He's an East Side guy. Um, he, he's still got time to move. He can. You can change. <laughs> I know. Um, but lots uh, of housing opportunities coming to Glendale. For thank you. To you. Select see, from. there we go. This well, awesome. and segueing into yes. no no go ahead, go no, ahead. I, it I, as a re- longtime west side person and glendale resident you you i know exactly what you're talking about and the change is clear and it's welcome it's uh, part of our secret sauce that isn't really a secret just not everyone you. can do it thank you let's get into the secret sauce yep. so in the truest context of what this podcast is anchored on building arizona thank you both of you for giving us that background because i think it sets a tremendous tone for what we're going to collaborate on next. And that is, you know, honoring the building Arizona and all the excitement that's going on in Glendale. So we've got a list that we want to go over and uh, let's dive right in. Let's talk about the Super Bowl. You get it again, but explain to the listeners, what does that mean? Like, what is the work that goes into that? And then, okay, now we got it. Now, what do you have to do to fulfill all that? Well, again, this is the second Super Bowl for me. It's the third for the city, uh, fourth for Arizona. So uh, with that said, I had a meeting uh, just last week that I attended that, quite honestly, I wished I hadn't gone to. 
Really? Because it was the Homeland Security, the CIA, all the stuff that that the average person sees on TV but thinks it's all fake and not true. Mm-hmm. It's, it's true. Mm. Uh, and it's scary. It, the stuff that uh, they concern themselves with, the partnership that the city has, not only with all the federal uh, uh, folks, but with all of the other cities in the state, in the county, uh, there's a lot of a lot of work goes into this to ensure that when somebody in Glendale calls 911 during that Super Bowl, that they get the same exact response during a non-Super Bowl event as they would during a Super Bowl. And every guest that we have at at our stadium uh, is is well protected. You know, the bad guys only have to get it right once. They can try thousands of times. They only have to get it right once. Mm-hmm. The good guys got to get it right every single time, yeah. and uh, and I can I can assure everybody listening, uh, you won't find a better group of people and people that have been through this rodeo multiple times now, uh, and it's a learning experience. Each each time they get together, it's a constant learning experience. Uh, exercises are done to where everybody knows exactly what's going on. What ifs? The what ifs never stop, and and we take uh, Super Bowls from other cities and learn from those experiences also. So yeah, it's, it's exciting. Uh, it's scary, but, uh, I have all the confidence in the world that we're going to pull off the best Super Bowl ever. I still think that the one that was held in Glendale six years ago was the best Super Bowl ever. Uh, it started off with a, a non chamber of commerce day. It was foggy that day and cold, but, uh, wow, what a, what a great day at the end of it. And we do believe we're going to do it better this year. That is absolutely from the staff side of it. To answer that question of how much work goes in on the planning side, there's the logistics piece of it. And then there's really using it as that attraction tool to this is the national and international stage that we get to be on. We take that really seriously. And so it's all of the planning, not just with the city, but all of our partners, the amount of of hotel development. You were just, yeah. we were just talking about the that experience the, for those people everything. is a big part of and it. And so yeah. on the building Arizona, just knowing that a Super Bowl is coming to that area, the amount of development that takes place prior. And when you think about that from a, a technical standpoint, our internal teams on the development side and how hard and how many hours we're all going to work to make sure that every hotel is ready and open, that every opportunity that could possibly take advantage of this is there. And then we get to use that as a selling tool. And so we think about things like the aerial shots. What, are that ar- what does the aerial shot look like? And are we going to have all that development built and look like it should by then? And those are really important things for us. We have an airport that's right there next to right. that area. Right. So we're working through what is the experience like when people fly into that airport and what can we do with those assets? And so there's, we're constantly thinking about it do at you this te- stage. Do you technically then have liabilities and revenues as part of this like do you do you have to budget all that both the 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 more that you're shelling out for all your services and then you also get some sort of portion from the Super Bowl itself so there's a co- there's costs associated absolutely right. that's part of as a city we go into an agreement with the NFL as that's the host city and then certainly we absolutely do receive revenue as well just in general from the activity that takes place around there. But yeah, we're really open about that. As a city, we there is a there is a cost element to it. While at the same time, we've been able to acknowledge and learned over the years now of doing this, how to make sure we manage that regionally so that what we pay to have the Super Bowl come to the city is recovered. And that's important to us. Those are learning lessons. Yeah, because I've noticed things like, um, and it just dawned on me, the, the work on Glendale Avenue from 59th there toward the airport that's been going on and widening yep. and so forth. 
there, there's a reason for that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny. I, I thought about it. It's a UFO runway, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, and it just hit me. And I was like, oh, yeah, because, you know, you've got the, the, the Crystal Lagoon stuff that's around. Yeah. And that's under such tight time frame that it has to be ready in time for rooms and hotels and all the stuff that goes with it. Westgate, we'll get into that. Yeah. But, yeah, I, now, you know, when you really start thinking about it, that starts years, years. Yep. before yeah, I, I don't. Comes. I don't know if you uh, are aware of it, but uh, the difference with our hotels today compared to six years ago. Yes. Uh, for instance, you, and you mentioned Crystal Lagoon, that will be the largest hotel in Arizona. It's going to be right. more than twelve hundred rooms, and it'll yeah. be right, right resort. in resort. Yeah, we're going to call it a resort because it sounds fancier. Yes, we. Yeah, thanks, Jesse. We, although we aren't <laughs> doing job. any work on She's it, now we, the city's marketing yeah. director yeah, too. That, by the way, is that not what economic development is? <laughs> that is exactly it. Although we're not doing any work on it, we've been involved in different pieces of that sure. piece of thing for months. Of, well, goes back a year and a half ago when we started being discussed discussing that particular project. So all the stuff that goes on around that it is a, a bunch of work, and as you mentioned, yeah. there's liabilities and that. You clearly have to step up and put the bill on to make Glendale a better place for Super Bowl. Let, let me ask one more question, and then we'll switch to it because we have so much content that we want to get through. What about, um, for those of you that don't understand this, I think I have the acronym right. It's IGAs, right? Intergovernment Agreements, mm -hmm. right? Yep. So in a situation like this, do you have to rely on the neighboring communities as well with the IGAs? I, I, I think, honestly, we probably have IGAs with just about every city in Arizona. Okay. We will have officers from almost every department uh, out helping us. That's how it works. Okay. Oh, yeah. 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 And, and everybody understands the importance. The money that comes in from taxes from the Super Bowl, uh, it affects the entire state of Arizona. So everybody gets to share in that uh, yeah, from the state. So what happens in Glendale is going to help the people in Fort Pachuca. Got it. You know, it, it, it's it's a big, sure. uh, big impact on the state. No, thanks for explaining that. Awesome. Let's take a, a, a second here and hear something from uh, our sponsor. The way we construct is changing. Technology, artificial intelligence, augmented reality, manufacturing, off-site construction, high-velocity construction. These aren't things you would typically associate with construction. They are at Mac Prefab. The way we construct has changed. Welcome to high-velocity construction. Welcome to Mac Prefab. Build with strength. Sustain with steel. So all the good things with the Super Bowl, stadium, everything. Let's talk about probably a fairly recent announcement that the, I believe the Coyotes are formally going to be leaving the, the hockey arena. And uh, that's in your in your wheelhouse. What uh, for the listeners? What's what's happening with the whole facility there, and how? Do, what, what's the future? Well, I, I guess what I would like people to understand is uh, we wish the Coyotes the best. We we truly do. Uh, it was it was one of those marriages that wasn't great, but uh, I think I think this is going to be better for both of us. Uh, we realized uh, uh, because of the uh, uh, pandemic, if you want to call it that, uh, we realized that we actually do better. Uh, in non-hockey event nights. So we believe, uh, and we've got a lot of uh, uh, statistics to prove it, we believe that we'll be able to do a lot more concerts. Uh, when people go to concerts, they show up at Westgate, they dine, uh, they go to the concert, and the concert's over, they come out and, and uh, you know, have a few drinks and, and enjoy themselves. 
a, a typical hockey game. People show up after work. They rush in. They go in there. They grab a, a beer and a hot dog, and they watch the game. And when it's over, they they go home because they got to go to work the next morning. Exactly. So uh, we believe, and, and there's been a lot of research uh, done on it uh, through uh, our city manager and his staff. Uh, we believe that we'll be a lot better off. Uh, you know, when you think about it, right after the hockey season's over, uh, there's a short time of, of everybody kind of catching their breath. And then it starts all over again. So there's 200 nights that you have to basically hold aside before you can figure out when can we start booking concerts. We know in this time period, 200 days that we can't book anything. Once they announce the schedule, then you can come back and start booking around that. Well, acts like Elton John and, and a lot of these, these, these big acts, they're not booking three months out. They're booking a year and a half, two years out. And the city of Glendale books those acts. So we work with the arena manager. Okay. So that would okay. be ASM Global or, yes. AEG. Yeah. Gotcha. And, gotcha. and we work uh-huh. really closely with with them. But to the mayor's point, we didn't make that decision in haste at all. We used, um, it was actually applied economics. And we use them as our third party economist to go and determine for us that, you know, to use the analogy of the relationship, the relationship wasn't paying off for us comparatively. Good. And that was, and then we put that out there publicly. And when you say that to the taxpayers, you know, to the residents, it's really hard to backtrack on that. So now we we put it out there and said it makes us more to hold those events and that experiential activity. And so that's the direction we're and headed. Spending money wisely what, um, or yeah. not spending money What can wise. you guys speak to about will there be a lot of redevelopment then within Westgate itself or what what does the five-year plan look like? Well, I, and I'll, I'll touch briefly on it. The development hasn't stopped. Right. Oh, it's going it's, crazy. It's, uh, Are we? Would we call it redevelopment then? I don't Mayor? even want. I don't even want to call it redevelopment. Okay. It's it's nonstop development. <laughs> That's even better. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it, it it really is uh, pretty amazing because uh, uh, you know I remember when they built the arena because uh, I only live a mile and a half from there and my wife went out uh, myself and, and my wife went out uh, to look at the arena and it was sitting out there by itself. It was. And uh, it I didn't remember. didn't take very long and then you had Westgate and then you had Tanger and Tanger was the very first place that I actually had showed up after I was elected and sworn in uh, and actually uh, was at that event as far as a ribbon cutting. Mm -hmm. So uh, to kind of give you an idea, and for me, it's an easy timeline because I remember before that there wasn't much out there. Nothing. So uh, you think about it, the arena has been there 19 years now, 20? Yeah. Yeah. So it it sat out there kind of like by itself for a while before uh, Westgate came in and it took a while. But uh, uh, now it's, it's it literally is. I, I, I tell people that, you know, the, the fastest growing county in the United States is Maricopa. Has been, I think, for four years straight now. But the epicenter of that growth is my city. Pretty proud of that, aren't you? I am very proud and of that. And you should be. Yeah. And should be. So let's go away from that in the city, close to the city, and push it farther out to Loop 303. There is some really exciting stuff happening at the 303. Yeah, absolutely. So the 303, we, we've referred to it as our new frontier. Um, and, and the reason we've done that is, while it's always been in our strip annexation since the 70s. So where, just excuse oh, me for interrupting certainly. you, so where exactly does the 303 fall within the city of Glendale? Yeah, so our north border would be Peoria, and it goes all the way down to Camelback. So okay. within, and if you think about that, that's twice as much frontage than we have on the Loop 101 in our sports and mm-hmm. entertainment district. Exactly. And so just the twice as much opportunity. So just west of Luke Air Force Base really is where the Loop, the loop 303 lands. Right. And that area has been within our, our sports and entertainment, or within our um, strip annexation area. 
it hadn't been activated for a very long time because there we don't provide water and sewer out there. Right. The city made that decision a long time ago in order to be respectful to our, our residents because running infrastructure out there would be very, very expensive, very expensive. for, you know, individual developments. Sure. And so it's it's all privately, you know, whether it's Wellwater or Epcor, there's a few other operators out there. And so there wasn't um, there wasn't a wastewater opportunity. So if you can't, as we would say, not to be crude, flush and brush, you're not going to have anybody come and develop out there. And so it wasn't until we had um, Red Bull choose to come to the city and they really helped bring infrastructure to where they were at and a wastewater treatment facility put in by Epcor that pulled that trigger. And that's really the way it works that's exactly in economic how development is the big company, big yeah. corporations come in. They can fund that extension of services. Right. So you saw so much development happening in Goodyear, and everyone would always ask why we weren't taking advantage of that. And it really had everything to do with that infrastructure mm -hmm. that the city wasn't going to fit the bill for. Mm -hmm. We knew it would come. We knew it would come. Mm -hmm. And I, re I remember we went in front of the city council in December of 2018 and showed a plan for that Loop 303 area that showed build out for 10 years. What has taken place in the last two years is what we anticipated for 10 years. And yeah. that was during a pandemic. And I was going to say, pandemic. it has gone, it has exploded much faster than I can remember other development along those lines. And it's, it, I mean, some of it, of course, is because of the big semiconductor and all the things that go along with it. But I mean, even before that came around, you know, all of the, I can't remember the name of the, the some of those industrial, of course, industrial is massive. And along the 303 is, hundreds of thousands of square feet of industrial. And if I, if I could say something, you know, one of the, one of the things that you hear a lot politicians stating, and, and, and we've got a campaign season coming up, you're going to hear it more and more. And you'll hear them frequently talk about government creates jobs. They don't. Government doesn't create jobs. They, they create problems most of the time. But government, if it's done right, can also create opportunities. There you go. That's and, the and that's what Glendale has really, really focused the attention on, is how can we figure out ways to least lessen the, the, the uh, barricades, the hurdles, those type of things. Uh, I think we were one of the very first ones that started uh, basically allowing people to get their permits and start building before everything has been gone through with the builder understanding that, we're going to allow you to start, but if, if it's wrong, it's going to be your dime. You have to dig it up. And, uh, and, and, you know, these people are professionals. Most of them know exactly what they want. They come in with a, you know, with several tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of planning, they, they know what they want to do. And, and in the past, it's always been cities that have slowed the process down. We decided we're going to try to turn this around and speed the process up. Yeah. You know, we were talking about Red Bull coming in. I was asked to go to a meeting at the stadium. It just seemed like two or three years ago. It was just two or three it years was. ago. And I said, what is the meeting about? And he said, well, it's somebody that wants to, to build in Glendale. Well, who are they? Well, we, we don't know. Well, what do they build? Well, we don't know. Okay, but she, but I need to go to this meeting. I said, well, they asked if the mayor would come to the meeting. Okay, yeah, sure, I'll go. Ahead. So we got to the meeting and, and we sat there and we were at the stadium in the, in the big conference room. And uh, we had everybody from the city of Glendale that makes decisions as far as uh, permits and construction and water and, and sewer and roads and all the infrastructure, economic development. Uh, but the city even went a step further. They brought uh, the developer from uh, an area where we thought they were interested in. And then they went even a step further. And they brought a contractor uh, that was uh, also from that same uh, area and they, that was White Claw. Mm -hmm. 
so White Claw building was, was in process of being built. Uh, this guy walks in, two guys walk in. If I remember right, one of them was wearing shorts. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm doing this thing that I know was totally wrong. I'm judging this guy mm-hmm. before I ever hear him speak. And I'm thinking, I hope that this isn't, you know, like a, a go-kart track or something. You know, I, <laughs> sure. I really, I, I, you know, he just, he didn't have that professionalism look that I thought that I was uh, going to see. And he sat down and, and everybody just kind of staring at each other. And, and I don't know, it might've been you. Somebody said, Mary, you want to kick this thing off? Okay. I said, I don't know who you guys are. I don't know what you what your product is. I don't know where you want to build. I don't know how many people you're going to employ. I don't, I don't know any of those facts, but let me tell you where I'm at. If, if you, if you build a good product, if you have a a good reputation, if you do it by code, if you do it ethically, if you want to be a community partner and, and and help my city, uh, I don't care what color your building is. It could be blue with pink polka dots. I don't care because it's all green to me. If you can fulfill all those requirements, I think we'll have a good partnership. And I noticed the guy sitting across from me <laughs> start smiling. <laughs> and uh, and I said, and I'll tell you something else that, you, that you're probably going to have a really tough time believing. I said, I don't know how big your project's going to be. I, I, I don't know if it's 50 square feet or, or a million square feet. I don't have a clue. I really, truly don't. I, I don't know who you guys are because nobody's told me. I said, but if you guys want to build a big project and, and you're, and you're really, truly, if you're like most businesses where time is important, I understand when you build time is money and every day that you're put off because of a, a permit situation, uh, planning, somebody waiting for an approval from somebody. I said, I, I know that once that project starts that it can cost tens of thousands of dollars per day for, for big, big projects. And I noticed this guy is really starting to mm-hmm. smile now. And I said, so I'm, I don't make promises to many people too often. I only made one promise, and that's to my wife, which will be 40 years coming up here in Good about a month. You. So with that said, I said, uh, here's a promise that I'll make to you. If you guys make the choice to come to Glendale, you're not going to be waiting on any of these people at this table to make decisions for your building to go up. You're going to be waiting on wow. your contractor. And now with this guy. Oh, sure. No, I'm the bad yeah, guy. Yeah, you are the bad guy. No. <laughs> we said, now this we'll guy, be waiting on you. Now this guy's lips are hanging off his ears. His smile is so big, you wouldn't believe it. And and he takes and real slowly, kind of dramatically, he slides this, this card across, and it's a yellow card. And he just kind of slides it all the way across the table from me. And I look at it, and it's Mike's Hard Lemonade. I went, this is a big company. This is a big company. It was the owner of Mike's Hard Lemonade. Oh, and uh, they started asking questions, and and I don't think that meeting lasted much more than an hour. No, it was, and and maybe just to add some context to why we didn't know necessarily who was going to be in the room. That's kind of how mm-hmm. our business works. And so the contractor that had come, the construction company, and the landowner was actually from Red Bull because Red Bull had come first, and gotcha. so they had started to build. And we had called them into the room because the best we knew about this company. Right before they showed up, um, we may have gotten a slight inkling of who it was. I maybe didn't tell you, um, but that was probably for the best. Um, but we didn't know a couple days prior. We had a project name. We were told they were going to, they were industrial. Great. We know that. And they want to make beverages. Excellent. And that was, that was the best we knew. They were going to manufacture beverages. So we didn't know anything else at that point. And so when that card came across the table and we acknowledged and understood, and then they shared with us, well, Mike's Hard Lemonade is is White Claw. They make White Claw and Cayman Jack. And so that's uh, Mark Anthony Brewing. And the gentleman sitting across the table was the owner of Mark Anthony Brewing. And we had no clue. He had invented this product and he's sitting there and he he said the same thing. All I need to 
I need to be open. I need to be open in, in six to eight months because that was when White Claw was just flying off the shelves. Right. Yeah. Flying off the shelves. So every single day, as the mayor said, was wasting money for them. They were losing. And so he absolutely said, and we all we all took it in the room and said, no, you're right. That is, it's not a secret. That's just what we do in the city of Gundo. We allow at-risk permitting and our teams, we trust them so much back to that culture of the city. We trust our teams so much and each other that we can say that statement and stand by it, which is, you will be wait. We will be waiting on you. You won't be waiting on us. They started construction. That ma- that meeting lasted. Well, well, before you before yeah. you go there, let me let me tell the yeah. other, other side of the yeah. story. So uh, he slid slid the card. They decided that they were going to go out and look at the property, and they were going to go with the contractor. He gave me his card with the cell phone number on it, and he said, "If you if you got any questions, please call me. Please call me." And so they left, and and I didn't hear anything the rest of the day. And the next day, I called Jesse up, and I said, "What's going on?" She said, "I don't know." And I said do you think I should call this guy? She said, it's your call. You know, I mean, you know, I said, I don't want to bother him, but I want him to know I'm serious. I, I really want their business in Glendale. Sure. And so uh, I kind of went back and forth. I don't, I don't want to look like, you know, I'm too aggressive but at the same time. I don't want them to think that we don't care. Right. And so I finally made the decision to call him a couple hours later and his assistant picked up his phone and, uh, and I introduced myself and he said, yeah, he said, I, I'd let you talk to him, but he just got on a plane. And I said, okay. I, I said, well, I, you know, nothing important. I just was curious if they made a decision. He said, well, Mary, he just got on a plane. I said, okay, well, I understand that. He goes, he's flying to Austria to order the equipment, order the equipment for what? And he said, well, they're building in Glendale. <laughs> they ain't bought the property yet. They're, they're ordering the equipment in Austria. They made their decision based on that meeting. I, uh, I mean, it was uh, it was the most incredible thing. It just blew me away. Again, when, when I, I look up and I see his lips wrapped around his ears, I'm yeah. like, okay, he gets it. That's a win. And good, for, I mean, that is music to a builder's ears. Oh. I, I mean. Well, anyone involved in, yeah. in that process. Absolutely. That was a nearly million square foot state-of-the-art brewery, the largest and most state-of-the-art brewery because it's a brewing facility mm-hmm. built in the United States in the last 25 years. They built it during the pandemic. They wanted to be open in six months. We were happy to do that with them. Um, it took them a couple months on their side, a little bit longer before they opened that first line and started producing out of there. Amazing. Okay. Well, uh, I wanted to throw something in Go there ahead. that had to, that speaks like I... I personally from this whole building piece of it the church that i attend is on 51st avenue that's been be, being built for 5 years or whatever it is the, the the things that the city did for us to keep that thing going and you know you have to pay permit fees you do all kinds of stuff has been phenomenal i cannot tell you well, you know i cannot tell you how progressive the city has been. And it's just, it's a breath of fresh air. I'm so glad this is recorded because what a great testimonial, because that's what we also say that everyone's a VIP. This isn't regardless of the right. size, whatever exactly, your project is. That's exactly that's how, how we, we have all felt yeah. as, as VIPs. That's exactly what it now, is. we're talking about the church across from the, the dealership. Yes, we are. Okay. You guys have been awesome with my Christmas parade. Yeah. That's, that's why they can't afford to build it, because they keep donating to your cause, Mayor. Well, well, well they, they let everybody stage all, all. You know, we ended up, ended up having the largest parade in Arizona, and it's it's a hometown Christmas parade. Right. It's not paid for by the city. It's all donations. All It's people donating. But they allow us to use the parking lot uh, to stage 
uh, all the different folks here and, and it's uh it's huge yeah it, it's it's been a real win okay do you want to no not yet okay Okay. Then let's uh, let's go to the next one. Okay. Everyone's always talking about Luke Air Force Base. You are the ambassadors of Quan for them. Would that be a fair statement? I uh, I don't know as though you're going to find anybody uh, more pro military than myself. I, and I and I say that one hundred percent in certainty. Yes. Uh, in fact, I I just had uh, uh, Luke's representative in my office yesterday morning, uh, and. Uh, they're vitally important to our state, to our national defense. Uh, and it's not just Luke. It's everything about Luke. It's it's the Yuma Proving Grounds. It's the Berry Goldwater Range. It's, it's all of that. Uh, when you start taking into account uh, the usage of, of uh, uh, the training, uh, the amount of Arizona that they actually utilize, it, it's huge. It's uh, it, I think at one time it was $2.3 billion. I I think it's surpassed that. I know that we're uh, well over uh, 100 F-35s now. 144, I believe, is going to be the final count. Uh, they're uh, withdrawing some of the F-16 slowly uh, as the F-35 uh, uh, is coming in. And so it's been sort of a, uh, a bathtub effect. You know, we, we went from a lot of F-35s to uh, a few F-35s. And then as the, I'm sorry, F-16s, right, where the uh, F-35s are coming in. So... Uh, we were concerned that there'd be a big issue with noise complaints from uh, the people in the flight uh, path, both south and north. Uh, and and uh, uh, they had advised me that the complaints are actually down a little bit. And 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 I don't know if that's uh, uh, just a, a weird situation or if it happens to do with uh, COVID-19, the fact that we don't have as many visitors down here right now, and it's typically the visitors in the wintertime uh, when, uh, you know, I'm a pilot myself, so... Uh, understanding density, altitude, and the noise, and when it's colder, the air is, uh, you know, a little bit thicker, and so sound travels better. Uh, when you have uh, uh, clouds, low clouds, it tends to bounce between the, the, the ground and the clouds more, and uh, with less people visiting uh, during COVID, maybe that's why. I don't know. Maybe people have gotten used to it. I, I really don't know, but uh, that's, uh, you know, really a, a, a major pride for me, uh, I've been to the uh, Fort Worth factory twice, actually uh, toured the plant and uh, signed a radar bulkhead twice now on F-35. So two of them planes flying around somewhere has got my name on them, but uh, <laughs> I do take a lot of pride in it. We we do a lot of events uh, for our military, for uh, Luke, uh, and, and I even if, if we've got the time, uh, if I could briefly talk about something that we're doing here on May 6th, it's a we're taking these uh, uh, young people that are graduating high school, and it started off supposed to be just Glendale, but we've opened it up to pretty much everybody. If they made the decision to serve our country, they made the decision to serve our country. As they graduate high school, we're holding a special uh, event on May 6th uh, at Calvary Church, Bell Road in 59th Avenue. And uh, uh, these young people uh, will walk across the stage. Uh, I'll, I'll give them a challenge coin. It says, first to salute you. Uh, we'll give them a, a certificate and uh, have their picture taken. And after that last uh, young person's walked across uh, the stage, I have a four-star retired general, which used to be a commander at Luke Air Force Base, Robert uh, Robin Rand, uh, retired four-star. He'll be uh, there and uh, uh, be our keynote speaker. And then he's going to swear every one of them in. Oh, that's cool. And so uh, as soon as he's done, then I have a, a general that uh, uh, is with our added general for our National Guard. They actually have a different oath. And so 
uh, that particular general will give a different oath. It's very similar, but uh, uh, National Guard oath is a little bit different. Hmm. So uh, we we want to recognize. We want uh, we want all the young people to understand that serving our country is something that you should be proud of. Absolutely. And I want all the siblings and the parents to understand that uh, you're not in this by yourself. There's a huge community of people that really love what, the, the fact that we have people willing, if necessary, we don't want to, but if necessary, they'd give their lives to save our freedoms in this country. Absolutely. And I take a lot of pride in, in making sure that these people are respected and honored for that. And we know that as a community, and not to cut you off, but we know that as a community that all of the work that the mayor has really led on that side, from a business attraction standpoint, these are the types of things when we're trying to sell a quality community that matter. It matters to other businesses when they're coming in. We talk about whether it's a veteran-owned business or folks who are looking to hire veterans, and we work really closely on all of that because as a community, all of these things that make Glendale what they what Glendale is really, really does resonate when we're out there doing business attraction because we're unique. We we sell ourselves. This is we're 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 uniquely Glendale for yeah. sure. And I do think this. I do think the residents have taken on a lot of that personality that you have generated. Well, um, you know, you're talking about the noise stuff. It, it, it was uh, immediately came to my mind because I'm in the Northwest Valley. It, unless you're, you know, if you're ever on Next Door, that wonderful app. Everybody, you know, when the when the F-35s are doing their thing, uh, you know, you get these people that'll start chirping about it being loud, and by far the majority are the people that are telling them hey that's the sound of freedom you better just love it they were here long before your house was here and deal with it but anyway it's not get off my soapbox okay we're going to take a real quick break and get another word from a sponsor there comes a time when dreams become a reality when you see your vision materialize into a true work of art and the only way to get there is to choose a general contractor who shares that same vision and knows how to bring it to life. At Blue Wave, we aren't so big that we've forgotten where we've come from, and we aren't so small that we can't care for your projects regardless of their size. When your vision deserves safety, perfection, timeliness, and expertise in order to become a reality, trust Blue Wave to get it done right the first time. Okay. We talked on this a minute ago, and it really made me think of this, the 10-year plan and those things that you've talked about. Where is Glendale going? What's happening within the next five to 10 That's years? That's what all our neighbors want to figure out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it, the, the home, home building, uh, single-family rentals, uh, built-to-rents, just homes, condos, multifamily is exploding uh, throughout Glendale, and I notice it's it's getting a lot of more infill now. What's what's happening? So we have a ton of opportunity, and I think that is one of those things when we talk about how much room there is still to grow. So as much as we're landlocked, you lit by, up when I said I know, that. You're like, this I is did, my thing. I yeah. did because from an economic development standpoint, as much as that residential component is coming, and we acknowledge there's a shorting a shortage in housing, we get it. Market is dictating. That's why you're seeing Mm -hmm. that. But really, from an economic development standpoint, our goal is to continue to grow Glendale as an employment base because we have the ability to do that when it comes to a commercial standpoint. We get that the rest of the West Valley is going to continue to bring residential. We love that. They'll come spend money in Glendale. That's how we work. But you got to have the jobs to bring the people. Absolutely. And if you think about that sports and entertainment (laughs) area around Westgate, that Loop 101, it is only based on square footage alone, about half built out. That entire area can double in size. 
the Loop 303, we say there's about 16 million square feet of construction has taken place over there since it was really activated. Mm -hmm. In the next two years, 42 million square feet. 10 years, 80 million square feet. 10 years, which and, could yeah, happen in two. This, this is <laughs> Just in, that, Glendale's? in Glendale. He's in Glendale. In Glendale. Wow, I need to, can, I, can, can I revert? Can I go back? <laughs> no, please. I, just just to give you an idea, uh, when I became mayor, so not quite nine and a half years ago. Okay, our bond rating was triple B minus. Okay, is junk bonds. Yep. Uh, the second meeting I had the following day after I was sworn in, and 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 you know, be patient with me because it, it it's a story. The second meeting I had, they took me into a very small room. Jesse's heard me say this before. Whipped him hard, by the way. <laughs> Cl closed the door, and there was three or four people in there, and they said, Mary, you're going to want to sit down. And I went, oh, don't do this to me. Don't do this to me. He said, no, Mary, you're going to want to sit down. And I said, you know, this is like my wife looking at me and saying, we need to talk. Mm -hmm. There's nothing good going to come out of yep. this for me. That doesn't end well. <laughs> right. It, it's just not going to happen. I said, so stop with the sit down. What? What do you want? And they said, uh, we need you to declare bankruptcy. Now, I, I, I'm looking at my watch and I'm going, I've been mayor for 11 and a half hours. I actually slept during eight of those. And, and 11 and a half hours later, after getting sworn in, the first thing they're asking me to do officially is declare bankruptcy. Did you have any indication that that was coming that I quick? Didn't, I did not. I, I, knew, I knew that things were bad. Because mm -hmm. uh, all you had to do is, is go to the council meetings, the workshops, mm -hmm. listen listen to all the things that were going on and, and, and you're sitting there thinking, you know, is it really this bad? Now, keep in mind, I've been in the legislature for eight years, right? We had just balanced the budget with the state and actually came out with a billion dollar surplus mm -hmm. in the state. And with my business background, owning multiple businesses and, and, and there, there's a difference between, I used to say somebody in business or somebody who runs for office should have to own a business. Then I, and then I got smart one day and said, they need to run a successful business because <laughs> anybody can make one go bad. Sure. But not a lot of people can make it successful. Mm -hmm. So I thought to myself, I think I, I really think that I can make a difference. And I told my wife that because my wife kept going, are you really sure you want to do this? Well, Sandy, I, I believe I can make a difference. I, I really truly believe that. And then they tell me that, and it's like, oh, my God, what did I do? And and by now, I'm sworn in, you know, the, the, no part, backing out. the party's yep. over now. Mm -hmm. And I'm not, a, I'm known. And you're not, not a quitter. I'm not mm -hmm. a quitter. I am absolutely not a quitter. Uh, what I did know is, is literally just a little over nine years later, instead of having less than zero in our savings account, and I still haven't figured out that math yet because I, I learned a different math. If, if you have nothing in your savings, you have nothing. It's zero. Yeah. We had less than zero. Gotcha. Uh, 30 million less, nearly. Wow. Yeah. So today we have uh, 60 some, 64 million. So we're we're getting close to that. Yeah, we're almost there. So in, in, in our rainy day 60. fund. Yes. Today. Yes. We went from triple B minus to double A. And I don't think we'll ever get to triple A. And I think that's really because of the size of our city. Mm -hmm. uh, we're, you know, 260 thousand. I think we have to be closer to a half million in order to, to get up to that point to be able to get a AAA. Uh, my employees, my employees, the city mm -hmm. employees are not doing that OEO as they walk down mm -hmm. the hallways. Uh, our firefighters have gotten a second set of turnouts. We're replacing apparatus. Uh, uh, police are getting uh, pretty much everything they ask for, for their safety, for them to perform their job 
as good as possible. Uh, we just recently uh, opened up a library a little over a year ago. We just opened up a lake that was promised 20 years ago. Yeah, I and we just got that, that was talked about. And every road in Glendale is being touched on a, on a, a plan where uh, where we let roads or I and, and I'm and I'm taking I say we. Mm-hmm. That was happening when I became mayor. Sure. So I, I have to take the blame for it. Mm-hmm. But I guess if I'm going to take the blame, I can also take the credit from Absolutely. where we are today. Sure. Uh, you know, we got that turned around. The roads are now all being repaired, being brought up to date and in, in, into a program where uh, we're going to be touching every road to where we'll have a, a, a standard that is acceptable to people to drive on our roads. It's not going to be like being in Minnesota in January. You know, right. you're, you're not going to be. Yeah, we, Jesse, we know what that's like. We know what like. that's like, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, most people do when I say that. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it, it, it's been such a dramatic change from where we were to where we are now. And uh, I, I attribute that to a lot of different things. But the number one thing is we had to get our employees to start believing in the city. Sure. I had to, I had to get businesses to start believing in the city. I was going to ask you, where's that money come from that's in that rainy day? I, I, you know, when people are saying, well, you know, we got businesses and, and I'm going, you don't tax businesses. What you do is you get rid of the hurdles, the barricades. You make it as easy as you can for businesses to operate legally, morally, ethically. And if the business is successful, they'll invest more money in their business. Mm-hmm. They'll grow it, which means you get more revenue. So we're going to grow our way out of this problem. We're not mm-hmm. going to tax our way out of this problem. Perfect. And, that, and that's exactly what we've done. Meanwhile, we've happened to pick up a lot of great people like Jesse. She just, I was she there just, before you. Yeah, she just hung around. <laughs> she just hung around. She's over there going, I brought you to the table. I brought yeah. you here. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, yeah, good stuff. Um, what kind of Harley do you have? Uh, ultra classic. Yeah. I actually used to ride with the Shriners. I uh, I was uh, on the motorcycle team. I can see that. I mean, I, that that's not a stretch for me. But yeah, I I I, I had seen that you were a Harley guy, and uh, which that was the very first job that I ever had in my life was uh, at 15 years old was washing Harleys and taking them and getting them inspected in, in Texas. Um, don't hold that against you. Me. Know where where in Texas? Austin. Okay, now I, I married a Texas girl in Corsicana. Uh, my family, now you, Corsicana, mm. that means nothing to you folks. My family, the Hodge family, which is my mother's family, is from Corsicana. We used to do our family reunions there all the time. Becky Hodge? Yeah, oh. my middle name is Hodge, by the way. Yeah, Robert Hodge. Yeah, so we're probably related. Yeah, that's well, why we look not, so much that'd be, alike. That'd be my wife. Yeah, but it indirectly. Yeah. <laughs> So, Daryl, you wanted to say something? I have a question. So, I have a question. So, the boundaries of what make what boundaries make up Glendale? Fifty First Avenue to uh, what is it? It's not quite that easy. Or a backwards L, so it gets a little complicated. Just visualize a great big L that goes backwards. Uh, So, if you go almost out to White Tank Mountains, almost way west, almost out to White White Tank Mountains. Mm -hmm. So, uh, the northern border is basically Northern Avenue. The southern border. Boundary is basically Camelback, uh, and there's there's County Island and stuff in it, but in our annexed lines is is really what. Because we go all the way about. up to Peoria by the time you get mm-hmm. that far right. west. Yep. And so at the same time, it goes all the way to Forty Third Avenue, and uh, and then Sixty uh, Seventh Avenue, and then it goes north, and it and it does some jogging back mm-hmm. and forth a little bit, but it works its way all the way up to Pinnacle Peak Road. Wow. So, and then eventually comes into 51st right around Peoria. Right. It, that's where it gets a little complicated. 
So the easiest way to look at it is no matter where you stand in my city, you're never more than two miles from being out of my city, ever. Anywhere you stand, there's always within two miles of being out of my city. Now, mm-hmm. I don't know if you were going, if you were done yet. Was that all of you were going to ask? Uh, is, so is Maryville part of your, a part of Glendale? A- actually, Maryville is actually part of Glendale, but not the Maryville most people think of. I grew up in Maryville. I, I lived in a John F. Long home at uh, Osborne and 51st Avenue. Uh, Maryville is also part of the southern portion of Glendale from 51st to 43rd Avenue over to about 59th Avenue. Okay, so when we think about economic development and development, the, developing the city, um, how, and this is a totally unscripted question. So when you think about that portion of it, you think about Maryville, when you think about public safety, when you think about building housing, how do you how do you help drive people to come to Maryville? And I say Maryville because I've always wanted to be a police officer, so. I, I know what that looks like, kind of, when you think about a Are you talking about crime thing. specifically? Yes. Yeah. yeah, it's a great question. It's something that I think not only Glendale, but every city is really having to deal with specifically right now sure. because crime rates have gone up. And for us, especially in our downtown, so our downtown area where our city hall is at and where, you know, would be the southern portion of the city and the most developed. So that's where we talk about redevelopment. Mm -hmm. It costs the city not to invest in those areas. And so I will commend, you know, the mayor and our city council for making that decision that they are going to invest specifically in our city center. And when you start making investments like that and real investments, $70 million investment in a city center campus, that is when you then get developers who say, I'm going to invest there too. Because we have a great opportunity for investment. But if the city doesn't invest, why should they? Right? Why should so, they? And so, so we're going to invest. They're going to invest. And that's how you start to curb those crime rates. Because you're bringing a density of people. And you're bringing more development and more investment. That's how you work through those those so, problems. So, something I was I was taught years ago. And there's a lot of truth to it. Uh, and, and it happens with the, with the older cities. Uh, but that development on the inner city. If, if you can imagine a a drop of water hitting a, a very calm pool. Uh, it drops in the center and then the rings go out. And if you keep watching that, there'll be another ring that comes out and then you keep watching it and then all of a sudden there's another ring. And then after a while, there's even another ring. And that's sort of how development happens. You have that initial growth in a, in a very, very old city and then it, it tends to start growing out. And then somewhere along the line, usually, you know, the circumstances change from city to city, but, you know, 10 to 15 years later, all of a sudden you get a second ring and that kind of goes out and that starts doing some of the infills. Well, I think we're about our fourth ring right now and we're, we're getting ready to put a, a sizable amount of money in what Jesse was just talking about in our, in our city hall, uh, that whole area that will actually uh, support and drive development, uh, from a lot of different developers that are looking at land that's sitting there vacant. And they're going, we don't know if there's enough uh, usage. If we put people here, would they have reason to want to stay here? Well, if, if we can develop downtown and make people want to be part of downtown, uh, we can't do that unless we have bodies and we can't get the developers unless we make that initial investment. So as okay. soon as you said that, my phone started blowing up because my wife said to me, you ask those people, and if you, you've got a wife, you've heard you've heard this, you can hear this going on. <laughs> What's happening with downtown Glendale? Now, she loves the old, she loved the old school, the old style. What drew you there? Mm-hmm. Now she says, if I want to get a tattoo, I know where to go. Okay. We're all very big people here. 
what's going on with Glendale, downtown Glendale? What are the, what's the plan right there? So that could be an entire episode. No, it, but it, it, it certainly could. I will tease, try, tease everyone. Jesse. I will try to, to manage my excitement about the question. Because again, it is the reason. And it is, I've invested my entire career at the city of Glendale, regardless of what role I've been in, in, in downtown, mm-hmm. um, along with everything else. And But it's always been near and dear to me because downtowns are difficult, no matter what. Redevelopment yep. of a downtown, everything that comes with a downtown is is difficult. And there's a reason for that, though, mm-hmm. because it is absolutely a heartbeat of mm-hmm. a city. And what we can say moving forward with this investment, this isn't just a $70 million investment that didn't have a strategy associated with it. That investment is not only to change the facade and inside of City Hall to make it more functional for the employees and the public utilizing it, but it's also to take the largest building in our downtown and really recreate what it looks like as a catalyst. So that's a start. That's the city. That's, a that's start. the city. The city that's the building. city hall building. There's an okay. amphitheater connected Correct. to that building. This is to completely redevelop that amphitheater to make it turnkey so that you can bring acts in that that you can not only ticket events, you can have community events yep. and make it so that you can have live entertainment instead of the eight weeks we used to spend $1.2 million yep. on Glendale yep. Glitters, spread that that out. Wisdom. You can you can have 150, 200 every, every event weekend. nights. Yeah, that's constantly, amazing. constantly, because it's a great venue for that. Yeah, and and I, it, we've been there. We've done and then activating that park. So really taking the park and redeveloping it so that you can have activity happening in that in that park year round as well. Sure. And that, as the mayor said, is part of those rings that start to come yes, out. Exactly. And so we're going the route of using live entertainment and experiential activity to bring people to downtown Glendale, so they always know something is happening in downtown. One thing before you go, the Beat Factory. Also, a whole episode. <laughs> it, I knew. Yeah, is anything happening? It, that has been. It, that it has, has come been and on. Gone. There has been. I've always referred to it as a hot potato in the city of when it lands the, on someone's the plate. Squirt factory. Yeah, but it's been go. on my plate for now over ten years. Yeah. Um, we know the owner well. It is privately owned, so it is owned by a Correct. gentleman who. Um, has consistently suggested, I think I meet with him probably every three months or so, um, at least we communicate, has suggested a plethora of ideas for mm-hmm. it. Yeah. At this point in time, there isn't a development plan in front of us, but we continue to work through some, any challenges that might possibly yeah, be in, in play over it, there. Yeah. Certainly. And we've worked through those as a city to really remove any of those barriers so that that gentleman can. We get asked about it quite frequently. Okay. I, I cannot believe that the time has gone so Yeah, fast. we could talk for three hours. I, this has been, yeah, and we're going to have to have you back, certainly. But how can folks get a hold of you? Um, I know how I got a hold of you, Mayor. Um, I was worried he was going to give his cell phone number out right no, now don't, when don't, you don't, asked don't, that question. I was thinking more about his Twitter and Instagram account. <laughs> now, he is very active on, on Twitter and on uh, Instagram. I have seen it on Instagram both. So, um, kudos. Really? You're on the gram? Yeah, I just said, is it, is it, maybe I'm wrong. I have people. Yeah, exactly. I, see, I no, I, and you do too. Uh, what do you mean I have people? Yeah, you have people. I, you know, people ask me about that all the time. I actually do all these events that people see me at. Mm-hmm. I mean, I really do them, uh, but I don't have time to figure out how to post them. So I actually there have people that no do that There is no way you could. Jerry, Jerry's twin brother, Greg. No, you know? I mean, yeah, you'll see one. You'll see something today, and then the next, I mean, the next tomorrow, you'll see him at another. I'm like, he would be spending all of his time on Twitter and social media yeah. um, if he didn't. Check you but, out. You are on the Instagram. But more, maybe you, Jesse. We, so... 
Academic development at the city, we do have accounts on all handles. So Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, we haven't gotten into TikTok yet. I'm a little concerned about it, but we'll get there. Um, At Grow Glendale is how you would find anything happening in economic development. If you want to know about the latest, greatest announcements, if you want to be teased about an announcement coming up, if you want to know about jobs taking place when our businesses are looking to hire. At Grow Glendale. At Grow Glendale is where you'll find all of that. If you do want to find the mayor, he is Mayor Wires. So W-E-I-E-R-S, Mayor Wires. You can find him on Instagram and Twitter that way. Awesome. And I think Facebook. And if I, if I could say one final thing. Sure, of course you can. Uh, in, any of your folks that are developers that are listening to this, mm-hmm. if, if they truly want success, they need to come talk to Jesse. They need to talk to our economic development. I don't think there's another city out there that can make the claims and stand by them as we can. Bam. Mic drop. Not literally. But, oh, JJ? I w- yeah. Just, I can't thank you guys enough. It was, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, i blown away. Thank you so much. We'll have you back on. Yeah. Thanks. See you next time. You've been listening to the Mac and Blue Show, brought to you by Mac Prefab and Blue Wave General Contracting. Be sure to subscribe to the Mac and Blue Podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Follow Robert Johnson and JJ Levensky on LinkedIn and Instagram. And tune in live every first and third Thursday at 3 p.m. as we continue to introduce you to the people building Arizona. Walt Disney said, you can dream, create, design, and build the most wonderful place in the world, but it requires people to make the dream a reality. Until next time, make it a great day.